Welcome to the Solo Women Travel Tribe podcast, where life coach and solo travel expert, Zena, teaches you how to feel confident, empowered, and prepared to take on any solo travel experience. Here is your host, who is not afraid to say it like it is, Zena Jones. Hello, 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 my friends. I'm having a good day. <laughs> and I really hope that you are too. Today, we are going to talk about five things that I wish I knew before I traveled solo. And I want to share some of my own solo travel stories and experiences with you all to help you learn. However, before we do that, there's a couple of things I want to mention. I want to start off by saying that I had this experience yesterday. I'm in a group coaching program and I was watching somebody else get coached. And I really watched through this lens of how does this apply to me in my life? What can I learn from this? Where can I apply this to something that I'm struggling with? That's something that maybe I haven't recognized before is an area for me that I could make some changes or approach it differently. And I was really able to listen to that coaching, although like it didn't, wasn't relating to my specific situation. I was able to apply it to another situation in my life and just listen to it and see where I could, you know, apply that to my own life. And I bring this to you and I say this because recently somebody reached out about the podcast and said, I got so much value out of this episode because I was thinking about how much this could apply to me in my life and where I do these things. And I just really wanted to like speak to that because when you listen through the lens of where does this apply to my life, even if the title doesn't necessarily speak to you or grab you or you're like, meh, I don't know about this, but I'll listen anyway. Like, how could this apply to my life? Where does this apply? How could I learn from this? Where could I use this within my life? I just really want to offer that. And I just want to shout you all out. I am so grateful to each and every one of you podcast listeners. And I just want you to know that. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I love you. So many of you recently have reached out. And I just got to say, I fucking love it when you guys do that. When you contact me on Instagram, when you send me an email, when you reply to an email, when you reach out to me on social media, I appreciate that. And I always write back. <laughs> so I just want you guys to know I'm so grateful for you, for the feedback that you have sent in lately, some of the requests, some of the topics you've asked for, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm really grateful. And I just want to say thank you. And speaking of Instagram, if you guys want to hang out on Instagram, I am at xena.jones.coach. Now remember, Zena is spelled with an X, X-E-N-A xena.jones.coach. I gotta pre-warn you though, my friends, like I share a lot of cat stuff. <laughs> I am a crazy cat lady. I will share photos of my cats. I will share cat memes and gifs and all the things, all the funnies. And you will get a little bit of behind the scenes of what my life looks like, what my days look like, how I coach, some of the philosophies, all the things, right? I share lots of good stuff, lots of wisdom, lots of tips, tools, and tricks, all the things. So come and hang out. I have a lot of fun over there. All right. I think that was all I wanted to say before we dived into today. So this topic has come about because... I, if you didn't already know, I have a Facebook community for solo female travelers. Now that group is on Facebook called Solo Women Travel Tribe. It's the name of this podcast, depending on where you're listening. 
<laughs> Don't be freaked out if that makes no sense. But Solo Women Travel Tribe is the name of that Facebook community. And you're welcome to come in and join if you are a female or you identify as female. And recently, a lot of people have been asking for advice and saying how nervous they are to travel on their own, that they're scared, how do they stay safe, lots of different questions. So this morning, I did a live video in there and I shared the five things I'm going to share with you all. And I also answered a whole bunch of questions live and the questions that people had submitted to me ahead of time. And you know, if solo travel is your jam, if that's something you want to get into, I encourage you to go in and watch the replay. You'll find it pinned to the top of the Facebook community. Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of value from this episode either way. But it has come about because there's been a lot of talk about solo travel recently. And more specifically, you know, what are some of the things that <laughs> you should know ahead of time? So let's dive in. Let's have some fun. So Five things I wish I knew before I traveled solo. Before I do that, a little bit of background. So I worked in the travel industry for roughly six years. I booked corporate travel. I spent a lot of money, five-star hotels, business class, first-class flights, private jets, that kind of thing. And I also did retail. So I would do family holidays and weddings and honeymoons and weekends away and solo trips and group trips and all sorts of stuff. I've done a lot of stuff in regards to travel. I've booked a lot of it. I've researched a lot of it. I've been in that industry. I also have traveled solo. I've traveled to 40 something countries. I'm not sure, closer to 50 perhaps. The majority of that has been solo travel, not all of it. And solo travel does look different for different people. So sometimes I'd be 100% on my own. Sometimes I might join a group tour as a solo. Sometimes I might start solo and then meet people and hang out with them. It's different. So I have a lot of experience in that regard. Obviously, I also bring my life coaching background. I have been a life coach now for, I think, six years. If I did the math, I think it's six years. So I've been coaching clients. Sometimes I coach them on travel, right? Like sometimes we do talk about that. So I bring my coaching tools and experience and I'm sharing some of these lessons through that lens, the mindset lens of some of the things that I wish I had known ahead of time. All right. It'll make sense in a minute. I also wanted to talk about why I love solo travel. My friends, I am ridiculously passionate about solo travel. First of all, women can do whatever the fuck they want. They really can. <laughs> solo travel is one of those things. Like, I just get like really fired up when somebody says, oh, you can't do that or you shouldn't do that because you're a woman and it's unsafe. It's like, fuck no, come on, watch me. <laughs> I'm feeling fiery today. But why do I love solo travel? Because solo travel has taught me so much about myself in the best possible way, right? It has helped me to create a relationship with myself, get to know myself, understand myself more, what I like, what I don't like, what I want to do, what I don't want to do, you know, that I'm introverted. Like I learned that so through solo travel, I'm an introvert. This is how I recharge. Actually, I like to go to bed early. I don't want to do this. I do want to do that, right? I have learned so much about myself, but mostly I have learned that I am way more capable and resourceful and fucking awesome than I have ever given myself credit for, right? I'll give you an example. Like I truly believed that I was terrible with directions. 
And when I started traveling solo, I learned that when I need to be and when I want to be, I can actually be very good with directions, with finding my bearings, with knowing where I am and remembering like landmarks, right? Normally I was just dictating that responsibility to somebody else and just saying, I'm just not good at it. But when I needed to do it, I learned that I could. And not only I could, I was actually really fucking good at it, right? So I have so many stories like that where solo travel has empowered me. It has helped me to grow my confidence, to enjoy my own company more, right? To show me just how capable I am in so many different areas of my life. So I could talk about that all day, but just so you know, I get fired up when we talk about solo travel because I really, truly believe it is one of the best, most empowering things we could ever do for ourselves. And I'll tell you what, it's addictive. <laughs> it really is. It's like crack, cocaine, whatever. Like, I don't know. I haven't tried that, but it's addictive. It really, truly is. Once you've done it once, you're like, huh, okay, I can do that. Not only can I do that, I can do that and I can have fun. Hmm. I want to do it again. <laughs> right? It's like a theme park ride. Oh, okay. Let's dive in. So number one, the very first thing I wish I knew before I traveled solo is it's okay to start small. So let me share with you a couple of stories. When I started solo travel, like admittedly, I'd done a little bit of it without realizing before this, but when I lived in London, I booked a trip to Budapest in Hungary and I booked that trip solo because my best friend couldn't come and I didn't really have any other kind of solid friends I hadn't lived in London that long and my best friend who I was living with at the time she couldn't come she couldn't afford to she couldn't get the time off work it wasn't going to work and I was sick of missing out seriously my FOMO outweighed my fear at that stage <laughs> I was like this is too good of a deal to pass up I really want to go so I booked it now in hindsight I was living in London with my best friend, doing everything with her. We would go out on the weekends. We would explore new places. We would do weekends away. I was doing all of that with her, right? And up until that point, like I generally had done other things always with other people. Like I'd go shopping with my friends. I would, you know, go on holidays with family or friends or partners, what have you. I hadn't really done any of that on my own. So when I say it's okay to start small, what I mean is like, you can go and take yourself out on a date, go to the movies, go out for dinner, right? Take yourself out on a solo date. That is such a beautiful way to start and to show yourself that you can do that and be okay and enjoy it. Or even go for a weekend away in your nearby, you know, like in a nearby town or city, right? Like go an hour away or, you know, to a nearby state, right? And then you can have that experience of going solo close to home where you feel safer and more comfortable, right? You're still getting outside of your comfort zone, but you're doing it in smaller steps. I love to give the visual of like, if you imagine a swimming pool that you can gradually walk into, like it's on a slight decline and you can walk in and you get your toes wet and you walk in a bit more and your shins wet, you walk in a bit more and you get your knees wet, right? You can do it at your own pace and you can go slowly in. Right. You can do the same thing with going solo, right? You can gradually work your way into the water until you go under, right? Or you can do kind of what I did, which is you walk around the pool to the deep end and you dive in. 
Now, neither one is better than the other, but I just want to say it's okay to start small if you want to. Okay. Somebody today on the live video we did in Solo Women Travel Tribe community talked about being nervous. And I think that that's just such a beautiful time to, to reference that because being nervous is normal. When we do anything outside of our comfort zone, it's normal to feel nervous, right? What I love to say about being nervous is it simply indicates that we're doing something that matters to us that we don't yet feel ready to do, right? Like it, being nervous means that we're doing something outside of our comfort zone, something that matters, right? That's such a beautiful thing. And we don't have to solve for being nervous. Yes, being nervous feels uncomfortable, but that's okay. It's allowed to feel that way. You don't have to solve for it and make it go away. The way to do that is to go on the trip to get the evidence that you can do it. So your brain says to you, I can do that. Let's do it again. I can do that. It's easy. I can do that and be okay. Right? And one of the ways that you can start to get that evidence is by starting small and collecting that evidence. Right. Uh, Number two, the second thing I wish I knew before I traveled solo is to do some research ahead of time. So I kind of, I, I have, where should I start? (laughs) Let me, let me start here. So when I went to Budapest on that trip, you may have heard me share the story before where when I arrived, I hadn't pre-booked a transfer. I hadn't looked at, you know, ways to get from the airport to your hotel so I jumped in a taxi cab and I got used the taxi to get to my hotel this 30 minute ride got to the hotel and that taxi driver scammed me and he took roughly two-thirds of the cash that I had for that trip now at the time I think that was approximately 35 pounds maybe 50 US dollars now that doesn't sound like much to some people but to me at the time it was a lot of money I was living paycheck to paycheck. I didn't have money in savings. I had credit card debt. Like that was such a big deal to me. Not only that, this was my first solo trip. Somebody had scammed me on day one. Hotel reception say to me, oh yeah, it's a really well known thing. Happens to all the tourists. And just brush it off. I felt awful. I, I was all of the shoulds. I should have known better. I should have been prepared. Right. I started to beat myself up. Right now, hindsight, of course, is a wonderful thing. Hence why I'm sharing this with you. But now what I know is that I research ahead of time. What are some local tourist scams? What are some things I should know? One of my favorite ways to do this is to talk to somebody who has been there recently. So I will reach out and say, hey, like I hear you've been to Budapest. What was your experience? Is there anything you heard of that you should be aware of or any kind of tourist scams or, you know, what were some of your highlights? Like, tell me the things, anything to be mindful of, right? I learned that. (laughs) That lesson the hard way, (laughs) but, but I don't want to change it for the world because I learned a couple of beautiful things. And the second one I'll share with you in a minute, right? So that is one of the, the things I encourage you to research ahead of time is like local tourist scams. Now don't go down a rabbit hole looking for every single one. Okay. You can't control them all, right? Just look for some of the local more known things, things to be mindful of, to be aware of. Another thing to research is to make sure the things you want to see and do will be operating. And what days are they closed? 
I remember turning up somewhere. I don't know where I was, but I remember turning up to something I wanted to see and it was closed that day. And I didn't have any more time in my schedule. Like I had planned to go that day and it was closed. So definitely do some research because even like when you're staying in hotels, sometimes they shut the pool for maintenance. If you're going to lie by this beautiful pool and like enjoy this pool and relax and the pool's going to be closed, you want to (laughs) know. So just be mindful of doing a little bit of research ahead of time before you get there. Okay. Number three lesson is be aware of what you make it mean. We have talked about this before on the podcast. We have an entire episode dedicated to what you make it mean. You can scroll back. I think it's roughly maybe 20 episodes back and you can find that, which I encourage you to do because it's powerful, right? And definitely listen through that lens of how can I apply this to my life? Where does this apply to me, right? But what you make it mean. So when I arrived in Budapest and I was scammed and I was devastated, I went up to my hotel room and I FaceTimed my best friend back in London. We talked it through and then I'm sitting there on the bed and I'm just crying. And that was the opportunity, right? That was an opportunity for me because I was making it mean the city sucks. Solo travel sucks. The people here are awful. They're out to get me. They're going to scam me. I'm going to have a terrible time. Like this, like I'm just going to stay in the hotel now. I'm not going to want to see and do anything. This is such a waste of money. This was a terrible decision right? That was a number, that was a number of things that my brain was making that experience mean. And if I had continued to believe all of that and continued to make it mean that, I would have literally stayed in that hotel room, binge watched Netflix, drunk wine and eaten chocolate. I would not have seen the city. I would have not have gone out and seen and done and, you know, ticked all my boxes. No, right? So I made the choice to decide what I wanted to make it mean, right? This is even before I had the awareness of the coaching tools to know how to do this. Like now I know how to do this in my brain very quickly and easily. Back then I didn't, right? But what I did is I decided I wasn't going to let that one person, that one interaction ruin my trip. No, right? I was going to get what I came for. I was going to have an amazing trip. I was going to see all of the sights. I was going to have a wonderful time. I was going to go out there and damn well give it my best. Right? And I did. <laughs> Got some awesome, you know, awesome photos, had some great experiences. It was wonderful. Right? I saw everything I wanted to see. Right? But that was because I chose. I deliberately chose what I was going to make it mean and how I was going to show up for the rest of that trip. And I was going to get what I came for. That is what I decided. Okay. So another example I will give to you is I remember when I arrived in Russia and I think I was there for roughly a week and I arrived in Russia and immediately I, you know, took in my surroundings and I interacted with a couple of Russian people and they, I, this is what I observed and I could be wrong, but this was my experience is Russian, the Russian people I interacted with would talk very loudly and get quite close to your face. And to me, I think that's aggressive and I don't like it. They're talking loudly. They're right up in my face. They're in my, in my space, in my bubble, as I like to call it. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't like this. Right. So Immediately, I made it mean I don't like it here. I don't like these people. I don't feel comfortable. All of these things. And a couple of, you know, it was a couple of days in that I registered what I was doing 
and how that was making me not enjoy the experience there. Right. And so again, I was able to turn it around and enjoy my experience based off of what I decided to make my interactions with these people mean. I was like, this is part of their culture. This is normal for them. This is their way. Right. They're not being aggressive. This is just who they are and how they operate. Right. So that was a conscious decision that I made that therefore impacted how I showed up for the rest of the trip and the the joy I was able to have. Okay. Number four is most humans are good, kind people. Apart from that one taxi driver, (laughs) right, who was probably just trying to feed his family, desperate, right? Most humans are good, kind people. That is the only kind of negative interaction that I can think of right now. I'm sure there have been others, but that was the only time I felt really, you know, unsafe and hard done by by other people, right? Like very, really wronged. I would say that 99% of my interactions whilst traveling all over the world, so much of which has been solo, has been that people are good and kind and they are willing to help you, right? Most people don't want to hurt you. I have been in so many places where I have needed help, where I have needed directions, where I needed to understand what something meant, right? Where I didn't understand the language and I needed some help. I have so many of these, like have had so many of these interactions and people have always helped me, right? I remember being on the street corner in New York City holding a map back in the days before Google Maps. Do you guys remember that? Holding a map and three Not one, but three people stopped me to ask if they could help me and give me directions. And the third person literally walked me where I wanted to go. They're like, look, I'm going that way. I can help you. Let me take you. And they were just so like grateful to be able to do that. They were like wanting to help. Right. And think about it like this. If somebody was like around you, like if a tourist was around you, are you going to be rude to them? Are you going to try to hurt them? Are you going to um, not help them if they need help? Probably not, right? The opposite is true. You're probably going to be like, oh, hey, where are you from? Or, you know, at least even if you don't do that, like at least you're going to interact with them if they need help. Look, hey, like, you know, I don't know how to help you, but this person does, or here's where you need to go, or hey, let me look that up for you. I remember having tourists when I worked in a retail store and I worked opposite the beach it was like a a beautiful kind of spot and a lot of people would come past and many tourists would come in and they would come into the store and they would ask for help or directions and sometimes with very little English which was fun I found that really fun it was like trying to help them and like fit this puzzle piece together kind of thing and I would like literally get out of the store and walk them down the road to where they were going or I would like draw them a map I used to love to get creative draw them a map or I would get them behind the desk and come and look at my screen with me and we could look at it together like many of us go above and beyond to help other people think about that because it serves you to believe that most humans are good kind people right? I was raised, and I know like many of us are, raised to believe that strangers are are bad, like stay away from strangers, right? Strangers could hurt you, that kind of thing. And this is well intended, especially when we teach this to kids, because of course we want their safety 
to be a top priority and they don't yet have the intuition to kind of understand the difference between a you know somebody who's well intended and somebody who might not be so like I was raised to believe that and then I had to challenge that belief system I had that you know be 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 cautious of people and be wary and 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 people are bad and like strangers are bad like I had to really challenge that when I started solo travel because it didn't serve me Now, that doesn't mean that I don't use my intuition and listen. If something feels off, it genuinely, it generally is, right? Of course, I take precautions and I'm safe and all of those things. But I also choose to believe that the majority of humans are good, kind people. And then I have beautiful interactions with them. Trust me, it serves me so much. (laughs) Okay, number five. So this was, this one is around safety. And that safety is a mindset. Okay, so let me talk this one through a little bit. When I traveled solo through Rio in Brazil, I heard all of the safety concerns from well-intended friends and family, right? Isn't it one, one of the most unsafe cities in the world? A friend of mine was there recently or a friend of a friend and I heard that she was held at knife point and her iPhone was stolen. Like, are you sure it's a good idea? How do you know you're going to be safe? All the things. Okay. Now, of course, I took my usual safety precautions, which I always do, right? I researched the local tourist scams, right? And I looked for places that you should avoid, things that you should avoid or be mindful of. I didn't carry all of my valuables in one place. So I usually, when I have cash, I'll split it into two to three different places. I'll have some in my wallet. I'll put some maybe in a sock or, you know, hide it somewhere else in a different bag. I split my credit cards up between my bags, right? The same with like my iPhone and my laptop. Like I move things around and split them up, right? I also wear my my bag across my front. So it's kind of across and then the, the actual handbag part that I wear or backpack or whatever, like I'll put it on the front of my body, right? And I also arrive in the daylight, right? I arrive in daylight so I can get the lay of the land, get my bearings, that kind of a thing. And also I think it's just safer to arrive in daylight if you can. So... There are safety precautions that we take, but safety isn't just the precautions that we take. It's not just the things that we do or we don't do in order to be safe. Safety is also a feeling we experience caused by the thoughts we think, right? So remember what we think determines how we feel. So in order to feel safe, it will be determined by what we choose to think. So I feel safe when I travel solo because of the way I think about myself and my surroundings. So here are some of my favorite go-to thoughts when I'm traveling solo. One, I always listen to my gut, right? I listen to my intuition. If something feels off, I'll act accordingly. I know it, okay? I also believe I'm a strong and capable woman. And another one, Number three, I can handle whatever comes my way. And my friend, I have a shitload of evidence for that. I have handled every single day up until this point today. (laughs) I can handle whatever comes my way. That is a powerful belief. Another one, I always figure it out. Always. Tons of evidence to prove that true too. I always figure it out. And that one I gave you before, most humans are good kind people. Right? And my favorite and most powerful thought that I choose to believe, drum roll please my friends, I am safe. 
Now, I choose to believe I am safe by focusing on what I can control and what I know to be true about myself. Okay, now doing that is why I was able to feel so safe whilst I traveled throughout South and Central America for six months solo, right? Yes, we can take precautions to be safe and safety is also a mindset that we create for ourselves, a mindset that helps us to remain present and enjoy our trip instead of worrying and obsessing over all of those worst case scenarios. Okay. All right, my friends, that is it for this episode. That is a wrap. So just to recap those five lessons for you all. Number one, it's okay to start small. Okay. Number two, doing a little bit of research ahead of time. Definitely a good idea. Check out local tourist scams, things to be mindful of. Make sure what you want to see and do is going to be open and operating. Number three, notice what you make it mean, right? What are you choosing to make it mean? And is that impacting your experience in a good or a bad way? All right. What else could you choose to make it mean? Number four, most humans are good, kind people. Look for the evidence of how that is already true for you. Okay. And number five, safety is a mindset. All right, my friends, that's a wrap for this week. Huge love to you all. Take care out there. Have a magical, beautiful week. I'll see you soon. Hey, I want to personally invite you to sign up for a free consultation call where we take everything you have learned here on the podcast and we apply it to your life. This is the work that will change everything. Sign up at xenajones.com slash consult and I'll see you there.